Hey guys, welcome to the second edition of Inspired Grounds. Mike Rizzo talking to you from Market Street in Catanning versus Wall Street in New York. Uh, and we're talking about small businesses. This is an incredibly um, well, turbulent time uh, for small businesses. Uh, this show is about small business, entrepreneurship, small town, community, different factors than even what you get, I think, in the city. And, uh, you know, occasionally we'll talk some coffee because I'm a coffee entrepreneur. Of course, this week has been crazy. Uh, reading through what I think the government passed last night, uh, I think that's good for businesses that have 10, 50, 60 employees um, who are great and very key, <laughs> key pieces of the economy. But if you're an entrepreneur or own a very, very small business, um, I think there's not a lot of help there for you. Uh, that was at least my interpretation. But anyway, welcome to the show. This is the second edition of the show. Again, I'm Mike Rizzo, uh, a tech leader turned social entrepreneur. I've been involved in local community stuff for a while. And I started this uh, show to share some insights from my perspective um, in small town America. So, and I think a lot of people who live in a town, I of course live in Catanning, Pennsylvania, 35... I think 45, somewhere between 35 and 45 miles north of uh, Pittsburgh, depending on the route you take, right? Um, but it is definitely separation. You know, there's, there's not, it's not urban sprawl this way. It's def- definitely rural, and then you get into the town of Catani, um, which I think a lot of people, look, I'd much rather be, I'd rather be out on a farm somewhere right now. But <laughs> I think that, uh, um, it's funny, a lot of people say, why don't you live in the city? Why don't you live in the city? And I've actually been able to work in the city for most of my career. But I think a lot of people right now would uh, would trade home locations with me, um, whether it be an apartment in, in somewhere or somewhere in the suburbs in a housing plan to live kind of in a small town or certainly have some more land. But a lot of things we can talk about today um, as we get into the show, a little extra long show today as I dissect what uh, at least some insights that I think you guys might find useful. Hey guys, I know I jump around a lot, but uh, I'm going to try to stick to a couple themes or focuses that I uh, found insightful this week. Um, the first one, uh, since this is a show that is you know, based on small-town entrepreneurship, although I firmly believe all entrepreneurs might be able to get, gain some insights or ideas in uh, from the show, um, I think the benefits of living in a small town have <laughs> grown immensely in the last week. Um, I think there's a lot of people in uh, apartment complexes in our major cities that would gladly switch places with me here in Catanian. And uh, I'm curious if post, post-coronavirus post crisis, which we will definitely get through, uh, if we'll see the real estate market in the country dramatically shift. Um, I do think land will be more valuable, and I certainly think, um, and I've always said, there is an appeal to the safety and convenience of living in a small town, at least where I live in Catanning, relatively close to the city, but still with a lot of amenities. And if you look at places like Thrive Market, Amazon, Walmart, what they're doing in grocery, right? Probably the biggest difference between, they're bridging the gap of, I think, quality food, right? And I think that's been a challenge for some small towns. But that gap is being bridged quickly. The technology to work remotely is already there. We've seen this and we've talked about that, and that's a whole other show. But uh, yeah, I do see the benefits and values of living in a small town 
um, being made clear, more clear um, because of this. Um, probably unfortunately, um, but they are starting to appear, and we'll see if that has an effect on the real estate market, etc. However, the main themes I wanted to talk about is, of course, uh, where the was the small business bailout or bill or stimulus or whatever we're calling it. Um, as I read it, I don't see much in the shape of help for businesses uh, that are very small, under 10 people, new businesses, of course, like us, and um, entrepreneurs who are who are their only employee, so to speak. Um, there's just a lot, a lot in there. Uh, there's no cash payments or no interest loans. Um, there's a lot of different things. Uh, of course, I don't know all the details. Um, it seems like a lot of the money is being put to work to help businesses that employ people, maybe 50 people, 30 people, 40 people, to keep them on their payroll. And I think that is ultra important. Um, but again, for the very, very small businesses and the entrepreneurs, don't expect you're going to get much from this um, because you never have. Like I said in last week's show, a lot of people do not understand how laws are written in the country. They're written by um, – they're not written by the senators, right? They don't pick up the pen and, and write, you know, these massive laws and bills that are thousands of pages. Right? They're written f- predominantly by lobbyists, right, and experts, right? I know many people because my background, of course, um, at least many years, has been in very large public companies and businesses, right? Um, and I know many people that have consulted or have basically flat out written congressional laws and bills because they typically seek uh, input from constituents and <laughs> nonprofits and thought leaders and the brightest minds in industry, right? Um, if you look at the banking regulations, like most of them are written by the banks, right, and their people. Um, you could look at any industry and, and understand that there is a huge input from different thought leaders. Now, in most cases, outside of a small group, some 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 uh, groups, there's very little uh, room or very few seats at the table for small businesses. They don't have lobbyists. Uh, they're not considered thought leaders, uh, and that's why they don't take uh, place um, or don't um, have a place in really the process of creating bills and laws and that's why they are typically not treated the same way as larger companies that have capital and thought leaders and lobbyists to write bills and have bills written that benefit them so i I said at the beginning i don't expect much to come out of congress or even the states right who it functions pretty much the same way at the state level um that's going to benefit small businesses. That's just the reality. That's been the reality for hundreds of years and will continue to be the reality, uh, in my opinion. So it's unfortunate for a lot of small businesses and entrepreneurs out there. Um, but that's just how it is right now. Finally, uh, I want to talk about the virus. I do see it getting, I'm not an expert, but I do have a background in data. Um, I do see it getting worse. Um, our business has been closed since Saturday, which is a week. Um, I expect it to be closed for at least three weeks. Um, I'm not even sure when we're allowed to open, if we'll even open the business from a, from a um, just a health and protection of our own standpoint, right? 
you know, the best way to combat this virus, which is definitely proven by the data, is do not give it to other people, not, not transmit it. So the stay-at-home measures are certainly the absolute best, most pertinent thing you can do. Actually, we're very upset that there are too, we think there's still too many people out running around um, to really combat this virus the correct way, which is going to prolong the impact of it. Uh, but with that said, I mean, I would expect maybe a four-week period here. Uh, I do expect it to get worse in the country. Um, but I think the people and maybe some small businesses should talk in an inspirational tone. Um, you know, <laughs> everyone's scared, right? So I do think that a lot of people, uh, and big business leaders for that matter, need to speak in uplifting and an inspirational voice because really that's all that we have. Um, and I think that doing so, um, will benefit you, you know, post this once we, you know, get through this, which, which we will, I think it's going to get a little rocky here. Uh, I think the closures are going to last longer. I think some businesses like ours might want to stay closed for even longer. Um, you know, the only real, real solution here is, uh, virtually no cases or, um, or vaccine. So, and those are still months and months away. So it is going to be a trying time. This summer is going to be very interesting. Uh, I do hope there's some more help that does come for small businesses. I think the money going to individuals will help, and it ultimately helps small businesses. But I think there needs to be a lot more done. But I also think small business people um, and any CEOs really should start articulating things in an inspirational manner. I think that will resonate the most in this, tr- in this time. All right, guys. Well, hey, thank you for listening. This is the second, second edition of the show. Um, hopefully you subscribe. It means a lot to me. And uh, if there's anything you want me to talk about, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. And, um, yeah, I'll put it in next week's show. We'll do this again next Thursday night. All right, guys, I'll talk to you soon. Uh, enjoy and certainly be safe and be, sp- be smart and responsible. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.